this edition of On Tap, presented by FCSI of the Americas. I'm Wade Kaler, Executive Director. On Tap this week, I get to talk with an FCSI member who works a lot of time in the background, serving as the Director of BIM and CAD Design. This member has some interesting stories, I'm sure, when it comes to computer designing and its history. Please welcome to the show from Cine Little, Mr. Michael Paragard. Hey, Wade. Thanks. Hi, Michael. How are you Good. today? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we talked a little bit before, but I'm excited because you're not the typical consultant I get to talk to. Um, and I think that's great for us. I great, great for the show. And I also believe, as I said before, it, you're going to bring a different perspective that some consultants probably need to hear. Um, not only manu and, and manufacturers, not only consultants. So I think it'll be fun. Um, but before we get into the, you know, electric or digital or whatever we're going to talk about with design, Let's talk a little bit about you. Tell me how you got your start in the food service industry, how you got your start working for um, Cine Little doing their BIM and CAD design, and what's led up to today. Sure. Um, let's see. I started working a uh, fast food restaurant in high school. Uh, I worked for A&W Great Food Restaurant. Um, I really liked that, enjoyed it. Uh, then after school, I went back and became general manager of that restaurant. Um, then moved to, on to a couple of other restaurants, full service restaurants, not fast food restaurants as, as assistant manager, really liked that, enjoyed that. Even had some conversations with my father at some point about maybe opening a restaurant. Um, but okay. then I got burned out too many 60 hour weeks and no weekends, uh, working on all of holidays yep. and everything. And uh, so I decided to go somewhere else. I, I stayed on as, as bartender at the last place I was working at for a little while, but I also got a drafting job. I had taken some drafting in school. I got a drafting job with a naval contractor, worked there for a little while. And um, okay. one of the waitresses at the bar that I was working at um, knew that I was a drafter and her company was, was hiring and it was Cine Little. And she put me in touch with oh. um, Bob Baker, who was running the, comp the department back then. <clears throat> and... Um, Went in for an interview. Uh, they happened to be working on the Disney project, and they had half of their CAD staff was out on the, in California working on that, and they were desperate. Um, hired me right away. That was almost 30 years ago. Wow. Thank God for desperation, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it works to your benefit. Yep, yep. Well, that's amazing. So 30 years you've been doing uh, BIM and Revit and CAD and and. I'm sure by hand and, and I'm sure a little bit of everything you've seen. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, how that has changed. I mean, 30 years ago is a long, long time away when it comes to designing. Sure. So tell us a little bit about how not only you've seen it change for the consultants, but how it's changed specifically for you over those 30 okay. years. Um, when I started with Senior Little, they were just switching over from a an old, old, uh, called Cal Calcomp system. And they actually switched yeah. to MicroStation. They were looking at AutoCAD and MicroStation, but the Disney project was being done in MicroStation by the architects that were working on it. And it's a great, it was a great program. I, I was very familiar with it. And um, so, so we worked in MicroStation. Uh, the problem was, was that down the road, most of the architects were working in AutoCAD and we were spending a lot of time translating um, backgrounds in and out and files in and out. And when I took over the department at Cine Little, we, we decided to just go cold turkey, all, all AutoCAD. Um, we had to rewrite yeah. all our menus, you know, all our standards in AutoCAD, everything, you know, so that the drawings look the same as before. Um, <clears throat> then, you know, we started hearing about Revit. Uh, 
we, we looked into Revit in 2008. Uh, it was called Revit for Architecture, and they had Revit MEP and Revit Structure at the time. Um, I knew that it was coming to food service, even though I, it was going to be difficult for a while. I knew that it was because it was such a good platform for the architects to use. And uh, I actually took a class in 2008. It was a Revit 20, we were, was using Revit 2009, and it was for architects. Okay. There was uh, myself and another colleague of mine sat in, sat in the class for, for five days, eight hours a day. Um, we, we, it was 20 people, there were 18 architects and myself and John Shaner. And that was, and that was it. And we basically built a house. Um, and I'm telling you at okay. that point, the architects were struggling with how that worked. They, they just, it was just so new and, and so different than anything else they'd used before that they had so many questions and were struggling with it. And John and I would drive home every day and shake our head and go, you know, how the heck are we going to do this? I, I, I don't know how we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, the last day they, they ended up, they, they spent on creating some families and they showed how to create a flexible rectangular kitchen table that could change in size and <laughs> height and depth and, and length and everything. And finally it was something that I was like, well, this we can use, you know, we can create some families and we can make them flexible and we can do refrigerators and, 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 and so, so that was a little bit of a, um, you know, that, that made us feel a little bit better about it. Uh, we started yeah. full, you know, full bore 2010 in, in Revit. Um, if the architect was working in Revit, we were working in Revit. If the architect was in CAD, we were in CAD. And it yeah. was a struggle initially because, you know, yeah. as everybody knows, there were not a lot of, of Revit families out there. there. Almost none of the manufacturers provided them. KCL AutoQuotes at the time didn't provide them. Um, so we had to create yeah. a lot of stuff on the fly. And it took a lot, a long time to create plans and projects. Um, but it's gotten yeah. a lot better in 10 years, 12 years now. Good. And so are we still heavy into Revit right now? Do you see any kind of shift moving forward? I mean, are we, are we still, are not, I don't want to say stuck cause that's not the right word, but are we, are we here for a while or do you see something else already coming down the pipe as far as you changes? I honestly don't know what the next big software changes. Um, you know, I, okay. I Revit kind of got, got me by surprise. Um, there's still a lot of things within Revit and the BIM process that, that yeah. uh, they're expanding on. Um, things like clash detection, um, you know, 3D fly-throughs. Uh, you know, BIM yeah. is building information modeling and, and there's the information part of that yeah. is important and food service does some of that, but, but, but I see more models being created with an all-inclusive intelligent equipment that provides information about warranty okay. information and service information and weight and things like that. So. Wow. Okay, good. What is, or is there anything that you wish every consultant knew about Revit when it comes to designing something that would make your job easier? Do you have a wish list or something about that or something along those lines? Um, well, some people are still used to, to designing in 2D space and they don't think about the whole 3D world. And, and you know, okay. when we're working with backgrounds now, we've, and this is, this is an advantage, but, you know, right away we've got to deal with right. ceiling heights and, and, and mm -hmm. things like that. You know, if there's ductwork or, or piping running up above, we, so we need to be able to make our equipment fit 
um, yeah. within that reality of what's going to be there instead of dealing with it in the 2D world when you just dealt with it down the road. We're dealing with it a lot earlier. What about on the manufacturer side? Now, you talked a little bit about families and KCL and AutoCAD and everything else, but is there anything out there now that you wish were was being done differently as well for that that would make life easier for you and everybody else? Yeah, there. I mean, there has been a big push within FCSI to to get the manufacturers to standardize their um, <clears throat> their families and their parameters and their materials and and you know clearance lines and things like that. It, I understand it's a big task, but it's it's not there yet. So so you know we we, we do okay. often pull out some families that you know some are usable, some need to be modified, some you know I'd rather just use something that we created than what than what they used. <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, you you mentioned it. We do have we're and we you know as we're working on them again and and just rolled out some more changes to it. But is there anything FCSI as an association can do to help with that that you recommend? Uh, <laughs> it's such a, it's such a big task. I, I um I've I've talked to Kevin Coachman about it and he and he always just recommends you know email him and he'll deal with the manufacturer yeah, if yeah. there's a problem with a symbol. Um, yeah. Yeah, Kevin's great now, very knowledgeable about it, and and so great to share his knowledge yeah, with everyone. Yeah. Other than that, you know, we're uh, very lucky. If, if we just contact our rep and tell them, look, there's a whole problem with this whole line of equipment, and their families are not working, and they're not meeting standards. Maybe the rep will have some sort of a push. I'm not sure. Other than what FCSI is already doing, I don't know if there's any more they can they can do. Okay, fair enough. I like that. <laughs> what about so? In somebody coming, well, this is going to be a two-parter. We'll start with the first part. What do you recommend to anybody either coming out of hospitality school or maybe somebody looking for a career transition that wants to get into um, drafting, whether with Rivet or whatever BIM uh, software they may be using or whatever it might be? What do you recommend to them as far as getting themselves started in the food service side of the industry? Yeah, because they probably have had some AutoCAD or Revit classes before, but the food service part of it is is different. Um, you know, each firm, I'm sure, has their different standards. Um, mm -hmm. I guess the main thing for me would be to really practice with making, like, unique Revit families. Uh, you know, again, we're not drawing walls and windows. A slicer in Revit is a and a mixer in Revit is a pain in the neck to draw. So, I mean, it, it, to create, it really, it really is. And uh, we, yeah. when we initially tried it. We had, and we'd move it up. We'd have pieces of the of the family floating all over the place. It was, it was. So, <laughs> thank God, there's there's enough symbols of those now, out there now. But but that that's the biggest thing is really get good with your Revit family creation and your dynamic Revit families that are flexible and can change in length and you know depth and height and all those parameters. Okay. So follow up to that then is how long did it take you or how long does it on average, does it take to become proficient at that to where you feel like you're doing very well and you're getting much, you, you know, most of the tips and tricks of how to do things. It, it took us a couple of years. Um, you know, you know, the first, the first two or three years, we'd only have a handful of projects in Revit. So, so, you yeah. know, you don't work on it. 100% of the time and, and you and you don't become proficient at it. The more projects you have, the, the quicker you can, you know, get better at it. And it probably took yeah. us two or three years. I mean, we, 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 there was a lot of swearing in the CAD department about, I, I could have had this already <laughs> done in AutoCAD. 
But uh, but but yeah. now, honestly, honestly, and everybody prefers Revit over AutoCAD. Because we, we will do a yeah. couple of AutoCAD projects if, if the architect and the client wants it in AutoCAD. But everybody wants to do it in Revit now. So Good. That's what I love to hear. Mike, I always like to ask this question, but is there any projects specifically in all the career, all the years you've been doing this that either stand out or have something significant to them that, that you like to talk about or you, you brag about the most? Um, sure. There are a couple projects that I'm, you know, we're, we're obviously we're proud of all of our projects, but there are a couple of them that really stand out. Uh, the first one is uh, the new Yankee Stadium that we worked on back in 2006, 2007. Uh, it's a fun project, high profile project. Yeah. Um, it's really proud of our team to get through that because it was such a fast track project. I don't know if we were hired late or if it was just the design schedule was really tough. Yeah. Um, we, we designed all of the concessions, bars, suite kitchens. Wow. There were two restaurants there that you can access from inside the stadium or from outside that we designed too. So it was, it was, a, it was a little bit larger than your normal, um, stadium project. Yeah. And, uh, it's, a lot of fun to work on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the other project is uh, a Revit project uh, for Universal Studios Beijing that we worked on in 2017, 18, 19, even 20, 21. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just finally opened, believe it or not. I think you might um, be right, actually. <laughs> we designed the food service for all of the, I think there's six different lands in the, in the park. Uh, we did the, a large commissary kitchen that had a large cook chill, uh, a couple of bistros, staff housing, and a hotel. So wow. it was a very, very large project. It was our first real large Revit project that we did. We, you know, we had done some in the years up to that. Yeah. But, but that project had over 25 Revit models. Wow. Um, 800, over 800 drawing sheets were involved there. Uh, we worked with a bunch of architects. It started with. Uh, three or four architects in the States. And then when the project moved into CD, they, they transferred the project to local architects in China. Yeah. But we did all the C CD work and, ha and then had to, you know, figure out working with them and, you know, yeah. um, communication, you know, get the communication issues squared away and everything. Um, just a, just a large project that, you know, I was really proud of our design team and our CAD team that we, that we handled it and got through it um, the way we did. And have you been able to, I don't know the answer to this. So the question is, have you been able to actually get over and see it? No, no, no. Cause I, I don't, I, I don't, know if I don't even know if how long it's been open. That's why I hesitated to even ask the question, but that would be something amazing to get over and see all that, that Revit work that you did. And actually now here it is live. That'd be such an amazing. Yeah. Experience. Maybe, maybe one day. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. Very Ho cool. Hopefully we're not redesigning it by then. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Shift gears a little bit. If you have not chosen a career in the food service industry, what do you think you'd been doing right now? Uh, um, <clears throat> well, if you take professional tennis player or golfer off the table, which let's go ahead and do that, <laughs> probably somewhere in the engineering <laughs> field. Uh, my dad was an aerospace okay. engineer. My son is a civil engineer. Um, our minds kind of think okay. mathematically like that. So probably something. Yeah. Something engineering. Okay. What is one thing about Michael that nobody would ever guess, whether it be obviously you're not a professional golfer. So what's one thing about you that nobody would ever guess by talking to you, whether it's a habit, a hobby, something else like that? Um, well, I was a, uh, I officiated high school basketball for 10 years. 
Um, I did okay. that right up until COVID. COVID shut down. You know, we were right in the middle of the Maryland State playoffs. Um, COVID shut everything down. They didn't finish them. Uh, but I did that for 10 years. I used to coach my kids when they were younger. They, my, one, my oldest son went on to other sports, and then my youngest son actually got too good to want to play for me. So to stay in basketball, I decided to take <laughs> up officiating. And, uh, and, and, I, and I did it for 10 years, and I, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Obviously, you have thick skin if you're officiating basketball. That's a, that's a rough yeah. one. I've got one of my best friends does that. And some of the stories he talks about is, you know, everybody's coaching from the sidelines and because you're in a basketball court, you can hear everything. So yeah, unlike football and some others, it's a little more open air. Yeah. You try and I don't want to say you have selective hearing, you know, but you hear the coaches, maybe the players sometimes and try not to hear the the parents. Absolutely. So last question I've got for you is um, the formal questions anyway, you talked a little bit about you're doing everything in Revit now. Are you doing much in the VR or in the you know augmented reality or anything like that type yet? Or are you moving towards those? We we actually are not. Um, we've we've debated it back and forth a little bit, um, and we probably will eventually. But for us, most of the time, it's being done by the architect. So they're doing the walk, okay. the flythroughs, and the walkthroughs, and the virtual reality. And as long as our model is tight and looks good and we don't have mm-hmm. equipment floating and our materials are correct. So when they run their, you know, their programs, um, that's, that's been fine for now, but I do see us probably getting, getting into that down the road. Okay. Very good. Um, well, that's all the formal questions I've got for you today, but before you go, we have to have a little bit of fun. So I've got a set of, would you rather questions we'll dive into. Uh, the first one I've got for you, Michael, is would you rather buy 10 things you don't need every time you go shopping or always forget the one thing that you do need every time you go shopping? Always forget the one thing. I can go back and get that. No problem. Okay. Would you rather have a personal housekeeper or a personal chef? Personal housekeeper. My wife's a pretty good okay. cook. Would you rather be an extra in an Oscar winning movie or the lead actor in a box office bomb? Extra in an Oscar movie. Okay. Would you rather be stuck watching nothing but Hallmark Christmas movies forever or nothing but horror movies for the rest of your life? Oh, God. Uh, It would have to be the Hallmark movies, I guess. I I love the fact that you cringed when I said Hallmark movies, but then you had to go back, and I've caught so many people on that question this year. So that well, so the caveat more. to that is that my wife does enjoy those and she would not watch horror movies. Well, so. the caveat to that is uh, I recently lost my mom this year and my mom was a huge Hallmark Christmas movie person. And it was the one thing when we yeah. go down every Thanksgiving and I made fun of her so much every year for these <laughs> these dumb Hallmark Christmas movies. And of course, now I'm like, I saw this question come up when I was doing some research. I'm like. In order to honor my mom, I've got to throw this thing in here this year. So I'm really glad to see everybody's getting caught up with the, oh, not that. And then you hear the horror movies. You're like, okay, I'll take the Christmas movies. So (laughs) I think it's great. All right. Would you rather have a pause or a rewind button for your life? Rewind. Okay. Would you personally rather win $25,000 or have your best friend win $100,000? Best friend, $100,000. Nice. It's so great. I'm talking to, to the guys in the production staff. So many consultants have said they best friend. It's yeah. That's great to hear. It makes you feel better about life right now. It's great. Would you rather be in a zombie apocalypse or in a robot apocalypse? 
Zombie apocalypse. Sounds like fun. <laughs> Must be a Walking Dead fan then. Um, would you rather give up your cell phone for a month or give up bathing for a month? Cell phone. Okay. Not, not, not a problem. Would you rather be able to speak any language or be able to communicate with animals? Any language. Okay. Would you rather always have an annoying song stuck in your head or always have an itch that you can't reach? <laughs> annoying song stuck in my head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and probably that happens more than it should. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would you rather read the book or watch the movie? Uh, unfortunately, I got to say, watch the movie. Read, I love reading, but it just takes so much time sometimes. I agree. So. Would you rather own your own theme park or own your own zoo? Theme park. Okay. Would you rather be compelled to give everyone you meet a high five or be compelled to give a wedgie to anyone in a green shirt? <laughs> high five. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather have a completely automated home or a self-driving car? Automated home. I don't trust the self-driving cars yet. Okay. Um, last but not least, would you rather be able to go to any theme park in the world for free for the rest of your life or eat for free at any drive through restaurant for the rest of your life? Theme park. Definitely. Very good. Very good. Well, that's all the questions I got for you today. Uh, if you would, though, let everybody know, Michael, how they can find out more information about you or your firm. Uh, sure. Uh, www.cnelittle.com. Uh, all my contact information, all our project managers information is on the website. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks again. So that wraps up this edition of on tap presented by FCSI, the Americas, a huge thank to Mike Paragard for joining us today. Be sure to like, and subscribe to whatever platform you use. And as always, cheers. <laughs>